Hello and welcome to another episode of Farm to Table podcast. On today's episode, we feature another guest, Rich Farm Kenya. We speak to Evans, the founder of Rich Farm Kenya, an organization that offers agronomic solutions to farmers while focusing mostly on fruit production. Evans explains to us the various opportunities that are available in fruit production for farmers. Evans explains to us how to use the rich farming concept to ensure that your farming is profitable by treating it as a business. Please join us to learn about this and more. We can talk about the official launch of the company as the birth of it, uh, but uh, essentially the ideas and the activities had, or had long before then been uh, activated. We we were already doing this, uh, basically at a personal level and uh, a rather small scale. Uh, it's only when we registered in 2017, when we realized that whatever I'm doing, whatever I have been doing uh, on a small scale at a personal level is something that is needed and can grow. There is an opportunity to build a business around it. So then it was, uh, the company was officially registered and that is, well, that was in 2017, about four years ago. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. what would you say in summary you do as an organization? What is your day to day? What are your day to day activities? Uh, we are a farmer's solution company. We provide solutions to farmers. There are a wide range of them, uh, but our main solution is quality seedlings. We are mainly propagators of fruits and vegetable seedlings. Okay. So that's our main thing. So uh, what we try to do is support farmers to get quality seedlings because that has always been one of the main problems that we have. Uh, farmers are putting a lot of efforts to do their farming activities, mm-hmm. but they get it wrong when it comes to seedling, and then the entire venture is compromised because the the quality that comes out of uh, those poor quality seedlings that they were getting, the yield that is, and uh, the income was significantly low. But now we saw that it is possible to distribute the seedlings that we were producing fusion <coughs> uh, to that particular problem. Then along the way, we developed other solutions. We realized that there are farmers who need agronomic support. Okay. They don't know how to for example, grow avocado. Mm-hmm. So they, they need us to go show them how to do the spacing, how to do the actual planting, how to prune, how to harvest, and even where to market. Mm-hmm. So we have now uh, the agronomy part as um, as one of the solutions we provide. We also have market as one of the solutions we provide because again uh, most of the small scale farmers are not able to access market for various reasons so we 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 have them uh through various means like agglomeration we bring them together they bring their produce together so uh, the produce uh, becomes a, a significant quantity that can go into a market that can fetch a good market yeah. So propagation, agronomy, market, uh, irrigation systems, those are the kind of solutions that we offer to farmers. 
Wow, so you guys are just a jack of all trades when it comes to farming. As I was going through your website, I found something very interesting that you call the rich farming concept. Maybe you can just expound yeah. on what you refer to as the rich farming concept for all the our listeners. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a very interesting one because uh, it's the main thing uh, for us. The rich farming concept is uh, uh, a system of uh, various things, um, uh, various aspects in the agro in the agribusiness sector that uh, combined helps helps the farmers to transform from being ordinary. Uh, traditional farmers into being business owners. So it's to help them get rich uh, from their from their farming activities. So it's a concept that is meant to help them understand that whatever they are doing is not for subsistence uh, purposes. It is something that can be transformed into an income generating business. So the the concept brings in the aspect of uh, professionalism that is right from a planting planting of quality seeds or quality seedlings uh, right into um, record keeping um, so that the farmer is able to track all their costs and uh, finally um, their income and so balance of and see if their venture was uh, profitable or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also incorporates uh, uh, business planning. So before the farmer goes into it, we, we usually uh, help them do a business plan. And so every other um, facility that will be needed along the way is conceptualized um, early enough. So they know that uh, we're going to have this, we, we're going to need uh uh, for example, machines of this kind. We're going to need uh, capital of this amount. We're going to to hit the market, and this is where the market is going to come from. So it is something that gives them a clear picture of the entire journey. The concept gives them a picture of the entire journey, right from planting mm-hmm. to marketing, so they know exactly where they are going. So. Uh, basically uh, speaking, it is a concept that is meant to transform farming from the traditional uh, kind of it into an agribusiness kind of a, of a farming, into a business that is. Yeah, that's something that I have actually had a lot of experience with because most people, they, they start farming but they don't really view it as a business and I feel like that's where most people go wrong. Because if you start, if I right. think our our perception of farming as maybe as Africans, we've never really seen it as a business. So you may you may put your money into it as an investment, but if you don't look at it as a business, at the end of the day, you're really not doing anything. That's right. That's a very. I feel like that's a very in, important part of what you guys do. So, Thank you. What would you say, for example, are some of the opportunities that you've helped farmers identify when you help them with the concept? For example, what opportunities do you see and help them to tap into in terms of business? 
Um, there are so many opportunities um, after the, the farmers realize. We realized uh, most farmers um, do the wrong crop. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you find that they... Uh, so we, we, we realized that uh, many farmers do uh, crops that are not compatible, so to speak, with their kind of climate and their kind of uh, soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we do uh, when, we, when, when, when a farmer uh, comes to us for help, we go visit their farm. We assess their, their, their environment in terms of climatic conditions, in terms of um, uh, market dynamics, because that, that differs from place to place. We also assess um, the physical aspects of their farm that includes the, the soil type, the drainage and the terrain and uh, availability of resources. And then with that kind of information, we give them a tailored uh, uh, solution in terms of which crops uh, they can take on. Uh, basically, we, we, we're dealing with crops mainly right now. So we, we help them realize the opportunity that there is in certain crop that they might never have considered, yet it can do very well in their area. Let me give you an example. Okay. Uh, we have several programs in in, in Eldred and uh, and mm-hmm. and this, uh, before we went to them, the only thing they knew of doing was maize. Both small scale and large scale farmers were doing were doing maize, but right now most of them have started taking on uh, export crops, uh, mainly avocado and passion fruit. These are, these are crops that can grow very well in their area, but they had never thought of them. So when we went there, we looked at the, the climate, we looked at the market uh, dynamics, the infrastructure that will help them to access market for these two crops. And we realized how big an opportunity this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, open uh, such an opportunity again uh, now through our elaborate networks we are able to to get new new markets for uh, various crops this is also another opportunity that we pass on to the farmers uh, if for example uh, we get an exporter in the, in the east one who wants uh, papaya for example we will, we will go back to the farmers and tell them look here we have an opportunity uh, we need maybe 20 tons of papaya a week and this is something that uh, we will want you to get involved so we, we, we bring them on board we give them contracts and they are able to supply uh, to this market so that is uh, another opportunity that we have uh, helped the farmers access uh, of course there are uh, there is our main one which is the the, the, the quality seedlings that we that we provide. Uh, this is also an opportunity to save costs because most of these farmers are getting very poor seedlings. Some of them will not even materialize. They will not grow to uh, to maturity, and hence they end up getting losses along the way. But now we've helped them realize that uh, there is a better business opportunity in utilizing quality seedlings.
Mm, that brings us to the next question. What are certified readings and why are they important? Uh-huh. Uh, certified seedlings, uh, planting materials that have undergone um, uh, tests and assessments to ensure that they are um, to type. That means whatever you're planting, if, for example, you want to plant bananas and you're planting Grand 9 variety, you're going to get exactly Grand 9 and not something that looks like mm. Grand 9. Yeah. So the, uh, the, 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 the certified seedlings are true to type. Yeah. They are also disease-free, which is very important. For many farmers, uh, they, will, they will take seedlings to their farms that are diseased already. And so the, the, the production is compromised right from transplanting. So quality seedlings are checked to ensure that they are disease-free. And uh, they are also disease-resistant uh, to some extent. So uh, those are the advantages, actually, uh, that a farmer would get if they go for for, for certified seedlings. They will, they will be sure that they're getting true-to-type crops. They will be sure that they're getting uh, disease-free planting material. Mm-hmm. And they will be sure that their, their, their seedlings are... Uh, are disease resistant, and this is uh, this uh, spirals uh, into the the production that they are they are they are likely to get, because if the seedlings are good, they are good quality, they are high at the beginning, uh, the growth vigor plant, uh, is going to be high, and so you also expect that uh, the yield will also be high and of good quality. So, on speaking about certified seeds, do you have them certified by Kathy's and other all the other government? I, I think also AFA they also certify the seed things. Do you uh, basically two uh, two two bodies certify uh-huh. uh, that is HCD and Kathy's. Okay. Yeah. So, we, what would you say? are the five key things let's say a new farmer wants to start growing fruit trees for as a new business venture what are the five key things that you would tell them to you know to put into consideration the very first one i i tell them to consider is their soil type mm-hmm. so you you need to um look at the kind of soil that you have and think uh, if that is going to be um, sustainable for the kind of crop that you want to do. Let me give you an example. Someone in uh, doing in, 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 a, in black cotton soil, someone having black cotton soils, you know, those uh, they're, they're sticky, they're clayish, they keep a lot of water on the surface. Uh, that that kind of a person would be at a disadvantage unless they invest a lot. Uh, if they choose to do a popo crop, papaya that is. So, um, because papayas are very sensitive to water logging, yet uh, water logging is a common occurrence in places where black cotton soils are. So, unless this farmer is willing to invest a lot in uh, improving the drainage of the soil, uh, 
mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 generally drainage of the land where they are, especially if it's a flood, be a huge challenge. Yeah. So uh, if if you do not have the the financial muscle to do all that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. then Popo will be the wrong crop to choose if that is the kind of. Uh, on, on the flip side, if uh, your your soils are sandy, if you're, for example, in Kuale County, or Mombasa, or Kilifi, uh, this these places have sandy soils. If you choose to do bananas in such an area, yet you know bananas require a lot of water, then you you, you will be looking at a heavy investment in terms of uh, getting um, quality water and irrigation system. Mm. See. So the first thing you need to consider is your soil type. The second thing you you you, you consider right immediate after that is the the the, the quality of your of your soil. And this is not really dependent on the type. Mm. The, when we talk about the type of the soil, we're talking about is it clay? Is it loam? Is it uh, sandy? Uh-huh. Uh, but um, all these types of uh, of soils have different uh, nutrient levels. Mm-hmm. So the second important thing we need to consider is what is the status of my farm in terms of nutrient content of the soil. And this is only established through a soil analysis, that is a soil test. Yeah. So you have to take a sample of your soil to um, a laboratory uh, that has the capacity to do a soil analysis test. Mm-hmm. Then, once you get the recommendation, look at uh, what you have, or look at what you don't have, see how you can now do the, the, the correction of the soil in terms of content and pH and uh, something we, we, we call... Um, uh, the, the pH is actually the acidity or alkalinity of, of, of the soil. Yeah. So you also need to, to check that. Yeah. And uh, the electron exchange, that's a bit uh, uh, difficult for m- most farmers to understand, but the report usually contains um, uh, measures or solutions or what you can do to correct your, your soil to bring it to a level that is suitable for the kind of crop you want to do. Yeah. So that's the second thing. You consider the, 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 the nutrient level of your soil. The third you need to consider, which is almost in line with this first two, is the climate. Uh, for example, you, you can't do a, a, a popo crop in, in high altitude, cold areas. Yeah. This is something that will only thrive in, in hot regions. Uh, you, you, you also don't want to invest, uh, in something like, uh, purple passion in very hot areas. Purple passion in, in hot areas won't just uh, thrive. The, the plant will grow very well, but the fruiting, uh, will be a challenge. It will never fruit. The flowers will always abort. So you, you, you also need to, to check, uh, the climate. What kind of a climate am I in? So choose the best crop for your kind of for your kind of climate. <laughs> let me let me just mention this at this point because it just crossed my mind right now. Eh? Okay. Most farmers actually uh, uh, don't don't know that uh, every crop there is no crop that is more profitable than the other. I've, I've, I've always gotten uh, people asking me. 
between uh, avocado, mangoes, oranges, and papaya. Which one is more profitable than the other? There is none mm-hmm. that is more profitable than the other. It really depends on where you are. Because even if I told you mangoes are more profitable, and uh, in your in your, in your area mangoes cannot grow, and then you go ahead and plant mangoes, are you going to get a profit? No, I mean. <laughs> no. So there is no, not a single crop that is more profitable than the other. It all depends on how you do it. So uh, choose the right crop for your for your place. Take on the right uh, scale and uh, have uh, consider or put into practice the the rich farming concept or whatever the things that we, we we teach you to do uh through that concept if you put that into into practice then you're definitely going to make a profit mm-hmm. so choose the right crop uh for your for your for your kind of uh, for your kind of climate another consideration that i i take i tell farmers to to take is the skill this is important and uh, sometimes unfortunate because um, if, if for example you're you're in uh, in 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 Busia, uh, let's talk about that you're in Busia, your your land is uh, is suitable for avocado farming the climate is good the soil type is okay and uh, the soil content is fine mm-hmm. and then you want to do a quarter an acre of avocado. It will be very difficult for you if uh, there is no one else, for example, doing avocado in that region, to market your produce. Why? You're about 300 kilometers from Nairobi, 400 kilometers from Nairobi, and most of the pack houses that we have are based in Nairobi. Most of the exporters that we we have in in the country right now are based in Nairobi. Yeah. So if you do such a spell in in an area where uh, none of these activities is going on, then you will definitely face a market challenge because no farmer no 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 exporter sorry will 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 come all the way to just pick the the, the few kgs that you're that you're, you're going to be producing yeah so this is actually something uh, we, we we check on when we when we go there what kind of activities are going on what kind of agglomeration is possible in your in your area mm-hmm. so we tell if uh this this crop is good for your for your place, but if you're not going to do up to uh, a certain scale, then just don't do it. You will have a problem in in marketing. However good the the, the market is out there, you will have a challenge because even for the farmer themselves, it would be difficult for them to do, to to take the, the the logistical costs that will be involved to take that crop from their farm to the market. So they can't even do that themselves. So the company's buying cannot also come in to, to help. So the scale, the scale you're doing your farming at is very important. Mm-hmm. So for the small farmers, uh, there is always a solution. There is there is that crop that uh, is consumed in the in the local market, and it's very easy to access uh, that market. So we will recommend uh, such for them. We'll tell them, instead of uh, 
doing this that you were considering before, just uh, take on maybe tomatoes, for example, because you're going to sell that in the in the local markets. You can even set up a shop outside your your your, your farm and sell to 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 neighbors, for example. So the skill is uh, is also very important to to check. And then uh, the other consideration. Ask a question on that one before you go on. Okay. Um, doesn't that then bring the problem of demand and supply? Because one thing, another thing that I've noticed is also that if everyone is growing, let's say, tomatoes, then the demand and supply issue comes up because now the prices would be very low. So that's that's also something mm-hmm. else that I was wondering. Is isn't it better to to diversify rather than you know be be similar to everybody else? Now that will bring me to actually the the fifth point I wanted to put across, uh-huh. uh, which is um, uh, uh, market opportunities and uh, agglomeration opportunities. Okay. Um, what we, uh, what we tell farmers is um, you need to consider something that uh, you can you can join hands with other farmers. Um, most of the times we look at these as as a, as a, as, a, as a disadvantage mm-hmm. yet it's actually an advantage uh, if people would look at it from a positive side it's an advantage why uh, the moment you're able to bring your heads together as farmers you have a greater bargaining power yeah. when it comes to uh, searching for markets so uh we we tell them to look at the 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 the, the opportunity that there is for them to come together. And if uh, such a uh, an agglomeration activity has never uh, taken place there, we try to initiate it. For example, we will bring uh, tomato farmers together and tell them instead of selling everything that you have in the local market, you will bring them together. You bring this uh, produce together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the collection point will be will be this, and then uh, we can provide a vehicle that will take this this produce to a better market. There is always a better market for everything. Let me tell you something people have never understood. Mm. The, the 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 times that uh, farmers are are throwing away their their tomatoes and giving them off to to cows. Okay. There is another place in, in this in this country. Where people are buying those very tomatoes at ten bob a piece. Mm. The problem is the connection between these two areas, because uh, one farmer here is producing one one box of tomatoes, the other one is producing another box there, another one is producing one another box there. So there are so many here such that uh, almost everyone has their own uh, uh, crop that they cannot consume. Mm-hmm. So they want to sell it, but they want to sell it to someone else who is also producing because they, they just want to sell it in the local market. So we will tell them, let's come together, all this produce, and then look for a way to get it to to the market. That is the agglomeration part that we, we, we're talking about. So uh, we'll provide a solution that will link them now uh, for, uh, and their crops from the, from the, the production point to where there is a significantly higher demand than their area. 
Mm. So the 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 uh, the agglomeration aspect is 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 very important, and that is what solves uh, the, the the competition. Mm. Let's call it so. The competition that 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 farmers would uh, would think of. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone else is producing tomatoes, then there's going to be an influx. No, there is always somewhere else where tom- tomatoes are in short supply. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's what uh, that's how we address that problem. Okay. I think that that's yeah. what you just said could possibly pose a very big opportunity for farmers. You know, the fact that just because our area has an influx of our produce doesn't mean that we still can get a good price if we sell it to another area that doesn't have that same produce. That that I feel is a big yeah. for farmers that they probably are unaware about. So let me let me just emphasize the the the, the, the solution. The solution is to come together, yeah. uh, agglomerate your produce, then uh, get logistical solutions. That is transport, for example, uh, refrigeration, uh, refrigerated uh, uh, storage, uh, yeah. uh, for example. Then uh, you can access. You can now take the produce as one to the market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's go to the next question. Uh, this is a very it's a hot topic, I would say. It's the the emerging export market for avocados. So I personally happen right. to know quite a lot about it because I work with one of the regulators of exports, and so there's the the opportunity seemed great at first, but then. It's also very limiting to farmers because of the, you know, the logistical, like you said, the cold chain, the shipping of the produce. What would you say are the opportunities that lie in the booming avocado business? And can you relate that to, mm-hmm. to the current problem that we're having for FCM in the country when it comes to avocado and just the export market? Uh one thing is for sure the avocado uh, opportunity the avocado farming opportunity is huge much greater than we are able to to, to 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 feed yeah yeah more more even supply for the next i will say maybe even 10 years mm. um something that people don't know is that we we are blessed as a as a country mm. um because our production window is uh, such that the rest of the world is is not producing at that time. So we have uh, a huge market opportunity all to ourselves. I think it's only Peru and uh, and, and and Mexico that produce avocados throughout the year, and these are our largest uh, competitors in the export market. Yeah. But again, if you look at those countries. They have a, a, a subsided uh, a production capacity uh, during the period that we are harvesting. That is from March to to October. Their production is also subsided. Yes, so we are in the market together with them, but uh, their production is not as high as it usually is during other times of the year. So as as Kenyans, 
we are blessed it's, it's like uh, god created some window for us to to sell our avocados so we have a huge opportunity much greater than we are able even to satisfy in in a very long time future yeah uh, of course in any business there are always challenges uh, the fcm thing is, is 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 now one of the the, the emerging challenges that avocado farmers are, are facing but this is simply a pest mm. just like any other yeah. uh, uh, what we need to do is just put in the right measures and uh, through our agronomic uh, support uh, systems we usually provide farmers with solutions to this and there are quite a number of them uh, right from uh, 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 traps to um, accepted uh, uh, pesticides and generally good agricultural practices so we we, we show them how to do these things and uh, if they follow word by word they are able to bring down the the effect of fcm and that is not the only one by the way there are also other pests uh, fruit flies are a problem yeah uh, to, to avocados so all these all these pests and diseases uh, by the way mm. they are challenges but it's not anything that we cannot deal with so it's only that the farmers need to get the right information about what they need to do to control which kind of pest or which kind of disease um what about the other challenge of the logistical challenges because the markets those international markets one thing about them is that they have very strict requirements for example the china one where the cold chain they need the the the, the, the produce needs to be put in a cold chain at negative 30 degrees and these things are are transported via shipping so it just brings about a very big logistical challenge in terms of the cold chain and the shipping that me as a small scale farmer would really you know be be unable to take on how do you think we can solve this this challenge as a country I would say these are the 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 teething problems of uh, the avocado industry. It is expected. Um, as farmers, uh, we must not cry foul about them, because we these are things that will be expected. We have not been doing avocado farming commercially uh, in the past. So now that we are getting into it, we we also need to allow ourselves time to build the required infrastructure. So this is this is something normal in business when you're getting into an, an, a new business there are definitely are going to be the initial challenges the teething problems as we call them so uh the 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 infrastructural deficiency that we have in the country is one of the problems of this teething problems of uh, the avocado industry but with time uh we're going to get there so farmers need not to worry if uh, someone wants to invest in avocado farming right now let them just do it right now because as we continue uh this infrastructure uh is going to be to be set up by 
uh, even even private investors uh, I'll, I'll tell you like like now we have uh, we have an investor uh, who is who is very interested in establishing um, a cold chain uh, logistics in the country and they'll they'll be doing their their first pilot project this year actually uh, focusing maybe on uh, on maybe Embu and Meru where we have uh, a high number of uh, avocado farmers mm-hmm. so yeah, these are opportunities that investors are also seeing mm-hmm. uh, and and they are they are coming to to fill those gaps so there is nothing really to worry about but the the, the infrastructure we are, we are going to get there uh, by and by mm-hmm. and uh, already we 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 also have uh, several of these uh, pack houses and uh, exporting companies some of them do not even have an, uh, enough supply for the for the kind of market they have yeah so uh, uh, one thing that needs to be done is uh, help farmers to access um this these companies and help these companies access the farmers produce i mean there is that disconnect the the the, the exporters uh, are struggling to get uh, enough enough uh, produce and then the the farmers themselves are also struggling to to I access the market yes yes <clears throat> so uh it's an interesting scenario uh but by and by I, i hope there are going to be systems that will help to to to, to connect these these two entities mm. i'm i'm yeah. I'm sure that you you seem very optimistic about the whole thing because how i viewed it is that we would lose the market in my in my opinion i i really felt that we were losing that market but i'm glad to hear that you who is on the ground is very optimistic about it. <laughs> no there is uh, we 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 can't lose the market <laughs> i'm very optimistic about that okay um so the final question i also like to ask all my guests just to see if there's a way for us to help each other as the people who are in the you know in this industry essentially is what support would you say you require for you know any challenges that you may be facing as rich from Kenya and i mean what support would you require from maybe fellow stakeholders or from the government or from investors you know for anyone that may be listening that is willing to collaborate what support would you require get uh, a very interesting thing uh, which we have actually documented uh, uh, in 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 our business uh, development plan mm-hmm. uh one one thing we would like is uh, actually exposure you will you realize that um, uh, the avenues we use to reach out to farmers to give uh, solutions and especially uh, agronomic support is mainly through our website uh, our facebook page or our social media uh, platforms and uh, on a very small scale 
the actual visits to to the farmers mm-hmm. if uh, we, we will we will have a wider um, a wider network of communicating to farmers if for example we would we would, we would uh, access um, a program a TV or radio program where we would uh, deal with um, common farmer problems every Every, every so often, I think we will be able to reach out to a lot more, and that would uh, would help us achieve our, our 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 vision of helping the farmers across the country um, optimize their farms. That is, um, take on the crops that are best for their area. Um, considering the points that I had given you earlier, so that is one of the things. The second, of course. Uh, is uh, the establishment of our uh, of our uh, demonstration plots, the rich farming demonstration plots. What we do is that we we have we we we, we have a a small demo plot where farmers can come and learn and see uh, in practice the rich farming concept. They will be shown that this 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 crop was was selected for this purpose because of this reason and this uh, um, it was planted on this date. Um, this is where it is up to now. The record keeping part of it that is, and uh, this is the market that is expected of it. You see that. So if uh, we could get support to establish such and. Our, our our aim at uh, at the moment is to just have one one of these uh, farms in each county. Okay. Right now we've done in uh, we've done in Embu and uh, and and in Narok counties, Embu and Narok counties. Okay. Then that we we would like to expand it to to other to other counties where we have uh, a demonstration farm where the farmers can come and in real time in. Uh, actual practice learn uh, the rich farming the rich farming concept so if we will be able to get uh, the financial assistance towards establishing uh, 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 such uh, facilities then uh, that would really really uh, support us um and finally of course is uh, the, the the logistics uh, we still not able to service all the the export markets that we that we get, and it, that is because of the logistical challenges that we have. It's, uh, Rich Farm Kenya is still a, a young and struggling company uh, financially. So, uh, like the establishment of uh, of the of the cold chain um, logistics, that is something that we will have support about. Uh, right now, we are we are just lucky to have this one investor who is uh, uh, working with us. Uh, towards establishing that, but uh, their 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 investment might uh, might be just a very small fraction of the current need that the, that the country has. So if if we can get uh, more of these investors, or even the government uh, coming in to establish uh, uh, projects around cold chain um, logistics, then that will be very good. Yeah, yeah. And just for me as a fellow, you know, person in this industry, I can give you some advice on some of the challenges that I've found useful for myself. Uh-huh. When it comes to exposure, uh-huh. I think, 
for for example this collaboration uh-huh. with, uh, between Rich Farm Kenya and Farm to Table podcast it will enable your reach to be wider because i my audience isn't so large since i just started but you know if i bring my audience and your audience we can be able to grow this network towards you know even bigger than it is currently and then the thing about the monetization plots i mean in this covid time maybe it's a bit tricky but um with the agricultural shows that go on that would be a very nice. good opportunity for you to tap into you just need to showcase your thing in each you can be able to do that in each county i know it's not permanent but it would definitely be a start uh-huh. yeah and yeah i think we can we can always help each other grow and you know meet our separate goals i think Sure, sure, sure. Thank you, thank you for the suggestions. I think that we we definitely going to take that. Mm-hmm. And we are happy, by the way, uh, and thankful for the opportunity to have this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also very thankful for your time. And I see that it's two minutes to the ending of our time. So let me just take this chance to really thank you for your time and. For sharing your information and for accepting even to come, I I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Mm. To find out more about Rich Farm Kenya, check out their website richfarmkenya.com. And as usual, for a more personalized consult, reach out to me at farmtotablepod at gmail.com.